live from the ACU of Texas studio, we are partnering with you in health. We're going to be highlighting some of Bay Area's top doctors, latest technology, and medical services. This is Bay Area Regional Medical Hour. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bay Area Regional Medical Hour. I'm your host, Abby Lee, and we've got some phenomenal people here that we're going to be talking to today. We have Dr. David Fairweather, who is a general and trauma surgeon. We're going to be talking about trauma mainly, and Stacey Ship, who is our trauma program manager at the hospital at Bay Area Regional Medical Center. So we're going to be talking a lot about trauma. I promise if you are just tuning in, we are not going to be showing pictures pictures or video of blood so it will be okay today we will be talking about it so just bear with us but it won't be too too gross we also have bethany hoover she is our director of specialty services did i get that right that's correct okay um she is going to be talking about stroke because we just went through our stroke accreditation and we have a lot of information to share with you about stroke so for those of you who don't know about bay area regional medical center we're the we're the big blue glass building on highway three you can't miss us if you're going down the street uh, we have been open for about three and a half years we're in pursuit of level three trauma designation we have the highest level chest pain center accreditation we're in pursuit of primary stroke we have a center of excellence in bariatrics and hidden scar surgery we also have an amazing event coming up on Thursday it's our mom and baby extravaganza so if you're pregnant or thinking about becoming pregnant please come to our event you'll get to meet our OBGYN some some other vendors, our whole staff, lactation consultants, uh, childbirth educators, everyone that's that's part of the hospital, take a tour and get some get some cool stuff. So if you're interested in learning more about that, go to barmc.us and you can register there. It's a free event. It'll be Thursday at 6 p.m. in the grand lobby of the hospital. Okay, so we're going to be talking about trauma, and I'm sure that everybody has some sort of like trauma story. I've got I, I didn't have like a trauma, but I have a, a story that I have that it like affected me, you know, a traumatic story, haha. <laughs> <laughs> so, but first, I want to talk to Dr. Fairweather about some of his his stories as a trauma surgeon because you know you've got probably some crazy stories that a lot of us haven't seen or haven't been around. So, why don't let's start our conversation. Conversation, Dr. Fairweather, and talk about trauma. So, tell me a couple of your. I know you have two stories that have really uh, stuck out in your mind through the years of being a surgeon. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about those? Well, first, let me uh, say hello to everybody. Uh, this is uh, uh, David Fairweather, MD, general surgeon, trauma surgeon, and and yes, I've, I've done quite a few traumas. I've been in uh, medicine for over 20 years, and uh, I've seen pretty much almost everything. Um, but I have to admit that uh, first, when somebody tells me or asks me what's the thing that stands out, I have to admit it's probably the first time I ever seen somebody truly, truly pass away, and in a trauma. Oh, that sounds scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, older man. He came in. Apparently, he was in altercation with his wife. He apparently was beating his wife. Oh. And she stabbed him in the chest. And he came in. He was talking to us. He was cursing us out, telling uh, us. He had it coming. It makes me think of that song. <laughs> had, hey, well, you know, you, 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 
hey, I'm, I'm not advocating. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not advocating anybody stabbing anybody. But hey, don't beat women. That's it. Don't beat true, women. Right. You, get what you, get. Okay. you get what you get. So he came in with a stab wound to the chest. Stab to the chest. Yeah, and he was talking to us and he was cursing us out and he was not a best a nice guy. And and I was a uh, fourth year medical student. This was in um, uh, Detroit, Michigan, Wayne University. And at, at that university, they really got the fourth year medical students involved with with the traumas and I was on his uh, left arm and my responsibility was to take his blood pressure and we did it the old fashioned way we put a cuff on his arm and we put a stethoscope there and we listened for the highest uh, uh, beings that we were here and basically you know um, I didn't get a blood pressure reading on him and I tried again and I didn't get a blood pressure reading on him and he was still talking to us and the uh, chief surgical resident who honestly he didn't sort of like me at least I got that impression he was just yelling at me telling me to get give him the blood pressure readings and I told him over and over again I, I, I didn't get anything eventually he sort of pushed me out the way and he basically tried himself and he tried to uh, access the patient's blood pressure and, he, and then he tried again and then he tried again again and then he looked up at me he goes I don't have one either and then all of a sudden the patient just collapsed and all of a sudden you know um, we you know started doing CPR we um, we did something called cracking his chest where we basically make a it's a thoracotomy where we you know open up his chest and we open up his heart chamber and uh, we saw that there was a big blood clot in his heart chamber it's mm. called a uh, 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 cardiac tamponade and all these uh, big words okay yeah, yeah, we're learning big, something today yeah, man. A big blood clot a bl big blood clot in his car. so the big blood clot stopped his heart from um pumping okay and basically they tried to sew his heart closed and uh, the guy didn't make it mm. and you know and that's the first time i've seen somebody actually talking to you responding to you pass away and it stuck in my mind all this time and um you know that yeah because before you know there'd be somebody coming in and you know they're already you know doing active cpr and that person they're not really responsive away. yeah, yeah. And that they'll talk to you but this person actually is talking to me and you me, said that he was cussing you out yeah, <laughs> me out, yeah. yeah the blood pressure's too tight and you know cursing me out and you know and and um, and later on that night, the chief resident, who honestly, you know, and I've seen this, I felt this feeling that he's felt, he's felt every time when somebody you know does pass away, you you, you second guess everything, mm -hmm. you you know, you think about everything, you know, did you do everything right, you know, do anything wrong, could you have done it better, and he came up to me, and this is a guy that I truly truly didn't think like me, and he goes to me, goes, I wish I would have thought, I wish I would have uh, listened to you earlier. And and I know he was kicking himself. And honestly, I don't know if they could have did anything earlier, or because uh, this is really from a few minutes that the guy was there. He wasn't there a, a hugely long time before all yeah. this happened. But uh, but I know how he felt, and I felt that feeling in my uh, my own self, where you know somebody came in and they've had a, a bad outcome. And uh, and it's something that sticks with you. Yeah, this is real. This is this it, trauma stuff is real. I and, can only and imagine it, what that's like. And and you know it's it uh, and it's something that you know you you uh, have a dedication to mm -hmm. try your best to save somebody in the worst times of their lives. So uh, when most people think, well, obviously you just brought up the, the stab wound to the chest, but I would think that most people, when they think of like traumatic injuries, they think of like car accidents and things like that, right? Right. But 
that's not necessarily the case for all traumatic injuries that happen and that we actually see in the hospital. Why don't you talk a little bit about what kind of other traumatic injuries someone might get? Would you believe that the most traumatic injuries that we get are people falling? Really? Falling. You know, you have an elderly person, your grandmother, your grandfather, and they slip and fall in the house. Those commercials that you see on TV where people slip and fall and they can't get up, not trying to advertise for anybody. Yeah. But that is real. That is real. We see a tremendous amount of older people. Like what kind of uh, percentage do you think of, of falls versus anything else? Well, I'm not sure. Maybe Stacey can have you know, better stats from, from but very high. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sixty yeah. percent versus yeah. everything else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause like more than half. Yeah, because a lot of people fall, they break their hips, and they come in. They can't. They they're on the floor for a long time. They're calling for help for hours, sometimes days, and uh, yeah, sometimes days. And and that by that time they're you know well dehydrated. Yeah. They're unconscious. They're developing bed sores on on their uh, uh, wounds, Ooh. and uh, electrolyte imbalances, and uh, sometimes suffering heart attacks just from a fall. Um, you know, they might even develop like some things called pulmonary um, emboli, bone embolism, um, air embolisms, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and it could be significantly traumatic. So, um, so hold on, hold on. We're talking about falls and people falling and that being the most uh, prevalent thing for traumatic injury. Now, is this someone who is older and they fall and or is it like a... Uh, a weekend warrior type of thing where they fall off the ladder or fall off the off the roof is this all encompassing or a little bit of both it's, it is all encompassing but but primarily is elderly people falling wow yeah. so that's how what we see the highest population of but any of those could be a trauma there's different classifications for different mm -hmm. ages on what makes you a trauma patient after a fall but our highest incidence is elderly people but all of those are trauma patients if they fall a certain amount a certain height um and yeah, they could all be traumas. And if oh, they wow. take a blood thinner medication, Correct. that's what we're really looking for. If they're on blood thinners like uh, Eliquis mm -hmm. or Xarelto. That you always Plavix, hear on, on TV always. all the time. Absolutely, because <laughs> those things, I mean, they, they save your life, but they can also kill you because right. these patients mm. fall and they break something or they jar their head, they break a blood vessel, and once they start bleeding, they don't stop. They don't stop. And, and they might present even slowly. It might like mm -hmm. not happen the day of the fall, but like maybe two or three days later. So when they come in, we make sure that they get a, a CAT scan yeah. of the head and make sure that we don't see any bleeding in the head. Wow. Okay. So that first segment went by so incredibly fast. <laughs> so if you're on Facebook Live or listening to us on the radio, uh, hold on tight. We're going to be back in just a minute. We're going to finish talking. We're not going to finish talking. We have a lot <laughs> to talk about on trauma and stroke. So y'all stay tuned. We'll be We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Abby Lee. I'm your host of Bay Area Regional Medical Hour. Today, we're talking about trauma and stroke. And we were having such an interesting conversation about trauma. Um, and so we talked, actually, while we were on break, there was a miscommunication on the number of fall, the percentage of number of falls that we see in our hospital. Yes, did I get that right? Yes. So we see more like 90%, is that what you're saying? Yeah, more like 90% of our traumas that we receive in our hospital are falls, whether it be the elderly falls or the ones that you fall, fall off, off the ladder, ladder, fall off the roof. Yes. Wow. We are fall nation. Okay, so question now. <laughs> Can trauma injuries be prevented? 
Absolutely. And, and, and I think it has to deal with more or less, you know, education. Say even from the standpoint of the weekend warrior, then mm-hmm. the person wants to go out there and have, have some adventure, do it safely. Wear helmets, you know, um, wear, wear uh, safety equipment, you know, depending on what they're doing. If you're going to be in the water, you know, wear life jackets. Uh, there's just uh, some things that you could do to prevent injuries. If you're going to be doing some, sometimes we'll do, we'll do things like diving and they'll have, you know, come back with a sp- spine injury yeah don't dive in shallow water don't dive in shallow water know how deep that water is before you do some diving you know um if you're going bike riding or you know know, you're doing some things on a trail know the trail you know don't go on a trail that's you know where you're going to notice there's a a blind curve and you go crashing into a tree speaking of biking oh my gosh i have to interrupt and tell you this quick story of me riding a bike so i grew up riding bikes my entire life and i never wore a helmet okay so then my husband and i decided that we were going to get road official road bikes and he was like no you're getting a helmet and i'm like no i don't need a helmet dude it's really okay and he was like you are getting a helmet i like that <laughs> I, like, I like that oh, okay fine uh, can i, like I at least that. pick a yes. pretty color yes <laughs> anyway so i like your husband doing that that's right <laughs> so that's we, right we, we were living in the woodlands at the time and we went like on a 40 40 mile ride in the on a saturday and there's this big dump truck behind me and it freaks me out scared me because i'm like oh my god is this person gonna run over me and i turn back around and I look back forward and I'm on like the part of where the cement is and then the grass and I fall off my bike and I land like on my shoulder road rash everywhere and everybody's like are you okay I'm like just get me out of the road because there's this big truck coming so anyway we look at my helmet after the fact and my helmet in the back was completely cracked Wow. So I have a helmet for Saved you your to replace Listen it. Listen to your if husband. You right that's great. Saved I'm like, that's I right. am forever a person <laughs> that says wear a helmet, right. please, all the time. Right. Thank you. And we've done bicycle safety and uh, Webster Fire Department, shout out, so graciously <laughs> donated some um, bicycle helmets for us to do bicycle safety with the children in the area. So that's awesome. We were able to do that. And, you know, just like prevent the fall. I mean, we do know and see a huge amount of falls and from my elderly population, uh, some that we can work some other people's just kids you know playing in, in the yards and, and things like that and there's our programs uh, that mm-hmm. we have called prevent the uh, the fall which is actually you know education towards the community about you know our elderly falling and how to prevent that oh right. yeah yeah uh, so is <laughs> does this say? have something <laughs> to do with like if you have an elderly neighbor not necessarily family but you should check on them every now and then make absolutely. sure they're okay yeah absolutely um in this population right here in Webster, it's very small and very dense. And the elderly population, which is 55 and older, is greater than 12%. And that's a large population of elderly people on anticoagulants that fall. Mm-hmm. So we really like to target those people as far as education goes. We go to the nursing homes or the assisted living centers. We talk to them about falling, about going over their medications, because some of them are on lots of medications that react mm-hmm. and may cause them to fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to the families. Uh, we just do lots of education when it comes to falling so inside it, and outside the hospital. That's awesome. So I have another question for you, Dr. Fairweather. So how is severity determined when you see a patient come into the hospital with a trauma injury? Well, one, it depends on the trauma. If it's a, say, if it's a motor vehicle accident, um, those uh, traumas are a little bit hard to sort of determine what's going on. Sometimes you might have an obvious broken arm. 
But guess what? Somebody might have an obvious broken arm, but they could also have a spleen laceration mm. that that they could be bleeding, you know, and hemorrhaging in the abdomen. But everybody's looking at the guy screaming from his broken arm. Mm-hmm. So basically, we you know have to you know try to assess the patient as, as fast as possible. We usually start with making sure that you know the standard airway breathing and circulation. Make sure that you know they have an open airway that they're breathing okay that they have you know blood pressure and pulse, and then we go from there. We you know check their um, uh, their brain status to see whether or not that you know whether or not they need to be um, intubated where we put a, a breathing tube in um, and then you know we go f- you know through the various injuries so the in that example I talked about with the broken arm we call that a, a dis- distracting injury because oh interesting yeah because it distracts from something that's a little right. bit more important right and okay. so we still check to make sure that the person's not bleeding in their brain they're not bleeding in their chest they're not bleeding in their abdomen mm-hmm. or in their pelvis mm-hmm. and because obviously if you're bleeding and you're hemorrhaging I mean you're not going to be long for this life obviously uh, so um, it, a lot of these assessments are done where we're even using things like an ultrasound machine to check you know for those areas if there's uh, those areas are full of blood it's called a fast examination um, we usually have x-rays um, uh, uh, there immediately to see whether or not they have blood in their chest blood uh, broken bones and the pelvis and we also, if the patient's stable enough, we could get them to the CAT scanner and we could do a, uh, what's called a PAN scan where we go and look up for their brain, their spine, their chest, their abdomen, their pelvis, and, and we could do that uh, fairly fast. Mm. Um, the CAT scanner is right beside the emergency room and it you know, takes us barely you know 30 seconds to get them uh, from the emergency room to the CAT scanner to evaluate the patient. And uh, obviously, if the patient's totally unstable for the CAT scanner, they might have to go to the operating room where it's just a short ride to the operating room and we can go ahead and deal with the patient um, in a surgical um, a, uh, aspect. So as far as you know, trauma, I mean, depending on what's going on, you know, if it's a, um, a, a, a trauma from a blunt injury from a car accident or if it's a penetrate, what's called a penetrating trauma where somebody has a stab wound or a gunshot wound, we, you know, go through, you know, through the same pattern of you know, making sure that their airway, breathing, and circulation are intact right. and go ahead and address their injuries as fast as possible. Okay. So, you know, I am non-clinical and I work in the hospital and I hear <laughs> trauma alert and trauma activations. So, uh, he's pointing at Stacy, <laughs> but, but you were saying that like there's an x-ray available and all these stuff. So do you have radiology and a bunch of people just storm the ER with all of their supplies like talk to me talk me through that process that's that's actually how it goes they storm yes they storm (laughs) they storm you'll see me running in first um now when we have a trauma alert that's our level two traumas and these are the patients that okay there's something going on EMS has seen a potential or they meet a criteria like a patient that fell on blood thinners Mm -hmm. and we have x-ray comes in um our doctors our ER doctors our nurses and our techs they come in we evaluate the patient and see what happens Mm -hmm. Trauma activation is our more higher acuity patient where they have the potential to go south very quickly. Mm -hmm. So once that is called, you'll hear that uh, called over the hospital. It'll be trauma activation room, whatever. Um, The whole trauma team comes in. and So does that mean Dr. Fairweather's coming? Dr. Fairweather will be called or the trauma surgeon that's on call, he'll be called. Um, The ER doctor will be there, of course. Our nurses, uh, x-ray. Uh, we'll clear the table, the CT table, so that we'll have them ready. Blood bank comes down with two units of uncrossed and unmatched blood, just in case we got somebody oh, wow. bleeding. Yes. Yeah. Surgery is notified, and occasionally anesthesiology will pop his head in and say, okay, what do we got? Just to get ready. Wow. So we are on the ready. We'll have security to ride us up so nobody can come into the elevator with us. We can get that patient up and going as quick as possible. 
Awesome. Yes. You were going to say something, Dr. Fairweather? I was just going to say just what she said. (laughs) Okay, so we are, Bay Area Regional Medical Center is in pursuit of level three trauma designation. So can you guys uh, talk me through what that designation really means? Okay. <laughs> One for Stacy first and then Dr. Fairweather. Okay, so we're in pursuit of level three. We've already had our survey, so we're just waiting to hear back. So Yay. we did really well. We are capable of taking care of our trauma patients uh, with um, fractures, a various of fractures. We've got great orthopedic surgeons. Uh, also, any kind of abdominal injuries, chest injuries, chest wall injuries, um, anything immediate, life saving that we can go ahead and take care of. The only thing that we really are missing is like neurosurgery, and that's okay. We can stabilize that patient and get them to another hospital Mm -hmm. that does take care of that we have really good relationships with these hospitals we can stabilize all the patients we can stabilize them Um, just the neuro patients are the ones that we're going to have to either monitor or we're going to have to send them elsewhere yeah and 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 just uh, just to add on to that you know during the hurricane last year um oh yeah yeah. 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 we should talk a little bit about that that was the best time ever (laughs) maybe for you (laughs) but but there was a, a horrible time for for everybody. Yeah. And, and, you know, Stacey, she said that it was really she's doing it in well, sarcasm. She was, she, well, no, she was excited. She got yeah. to see lots of people. Yeah. The, uh, but, you know, basically uh, the other hospitals in the area, they were inundated with um, patients just like we were, but we had a system um, that was in place where we were able to you know, keep things going. Um, we kept uh, uh, the staff in, in the hospital and, and the volunteers, and we were able to um, continue to take patients mm-hmm. through the whole entire time. And you know, now ER was open the whole entire time, and other, other ERs were closed down. And we took trauma the whole time, too. Um, it, although uh, uh, there were a lot of uh, people that were stuck, you know, a lot of people had suffered and sustained a lot of uh, uh, destruction to the house, including myself. Uh, I lost, yeah, I I lost two cars, and my, my bottom floor was, was destroyed. Um, but, you know, we're still able to you know, yeah. come in and, and um, provide service to the hospital. Okay. Hey, we're going to have to take a break. We actually are out of time for this segment, which is crazy. It goes wow. by so fast. I know. So uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about Hurricane Harvey and our trauma, uh, how we dealt with that, because that's that's an interesting conversation, too, to have. Um, if you're tuning in live, hello, everybody. Uh, Terry says, yay, there's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Patricia. Um, if, y'all got, if you guys have any questions, y'all please shoot them out on Facebook and if you want to listen to us on the radio you can listen live on Vinyl Draft Radio or you can say Alexa or Google play Vinyl Draft Radio or the TuneIn app so we'll be back in just a minute to continue our conversation on trauma Welcome back to Bay Area Regional Medical Hour on Vinyl Draft Radio coming live from the ACU of Texas studio Hi, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Abby Lee, your host of Bay Area Regional Medical Hour. And oh, my Lord, we're talking about Hurricane Harvey and trauma and all sorts of good stuff here. So there's a there are so many people that were affected by Hurricane Harvey. I was one of them. Dr. Fairweather, you were, too. Um, but Stacy said that she was having lots of fun in the hospital <laughs> during the hurricane. So what was your what, what was one of your memorable experiences working at the hospital during the hurricane? 
Well, of course, it was flooding everywhere, and I called my husband. Shout out to Webster Fire Department. And he came and picked me up in um, his Suburban and got me through the flood and got me into the hospital. And when I got there, the night shift nurses, God love them, they're like, can we go home? And it's like, no, I'm sorry. You're locked in. You're here. Yeah. But literally, the patients had been dropped off in dump trucks. I mean, the fire I departments saw that, were going but out. But it wasn't just a dump truck. I saw, was it the National Guard also dropped off All patients? All kinds yeah. of patients. And volunteers. Like, and volunteers. Yeah. Like so was it like yeah. by the dozens they by would the come in? By the dozens they were coming in. School bus drop off. Boom, boom. Yes. boom. And it was wow. like, because right there on Highway 3, we're kind of higher up than yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. else. And then the, the little road next to us was kind of underwater. So they see us, the beacon of light, and they were just dropping the patients off. Wow. And the nurses were like, oh, my God. And it's like, you cannot close the door. The inn is open. Mm-hmm. Come on in. Yep. So these patients were coming in. And we did have a couple of really bad trauma patients. They were both spine patients. Um, we were unable to get them to UTMB. A Coast Guard was going to swing by. Uh, shout out to Clemsey for rearranging arranging the, the Coast Guard to come by and pick them up and take them. But the bridge was closed. So... Um, called Dr. Fairweather. One of them we were able to get out, and then he took care of the other one. So. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so and they were in the same. So, so one of the good things about that, uh, I, I would say good things, that we have a good backup system. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so the, the trauma surgeon that was actually on call, he was flooded in. And so they had called me. I was flooded in, but my, my situation improved, and I was able to come out to the hospital as, as basically the backup for all the, all the surgeons. And so unfortunately, when I got there Sunday uh, afternoon, uh, I had stayed there until Thursday, mm. and uh, finally got to go home Thursday. And but basically, you know, we we basically you know covered the hospital, and there was this uh, really bad tra- uh, trauma accident. There was a, uh, a couple of people that were hit um, in the storm, and they both came in with uh, spine injuries. One, we were able to successfully get out, stabilize, and get out to a, a trauma a trauma surgeon and spine surgeon. And the second one, we kept. Uh, we tried to get him out, but again, the roads were horrible. Mm-hmm. The, 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 we couldn't get the uh, couldn't fly the um, the helicopter to get the patient. And you, even though we had uh, accepting positions at, U, at uh, UTMB, um, we couldn't get him to UTMB. So actually, we um, contacted a spine surgeon that is affiliated with the hospital, and he decided that they came in and he evaluated the patient. He uh, basically took care of the patient. Both. Everybody's doing well. I met the the, awesome. the the man and the wife. They both you know did very very well, and um, they both are walking. Although the one came in with an open spine fracture, which means so that how the, does that the, even the, happen? Yeah, you know, well they were hit from behind, and it basically just jarred and broke their spines. What hit them from behind? Yeah, another car. Uh, car. Like they were parked on the, they were parked on the side of the road, okay. and another car lost control and hit, and they were in a truck, and somebody hit them, and the force of the Accident broke their spines. Both oh my them, lord! Both of them. They, they, wow. They, you know, they, and they did very well for what for the accident. They truly are, in my opinion, blessed that you know they got through that okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, and they're both walking, talking, doing what they're doing right now. Um, but you know, the thing is that you know, it, I I really truly believe that if. Um, these trauma services uh, in the emergency room, the EMS, um, are truly uh, were responsible for these uh, folks to even be alive, let, uh, even uh, much less just able to walk and talk right now. Mm-hmm. Because spine injuries, as everybody knows, can be significantly deadly. Yes, yes, exactly. Or paralyze you or, or right. something like that. Okay, let's talk about the different levels of trauma designation and what level three means. 
Well, let's, well, when you when you ask when you ask that question, we have to talk about what level one means. Okay. Level one is basically uh, a hospital that could take on everything. So, and they, you know, every service, ortho, neuro, uh, urology, every service there is, you know, trauma. Stab wounds to the chest. Stab wounds, <laughs> and, you know, broken pelvises, you know, ruptured bladders, everything. But, but they also have residents. You know, these are uh, doctors, but they're uh, not uh, attending physicians like myself. Uh, and they go through a certain years of training to become an attending physician. And uh, that's usually level one. Level two is basically similar to the level one, but there are no residents, no real residents where you know they are able to take on you know the majority of the different services but um, but they don't have all the advantages of having residents there mm -hmm. and level three like we're trying to pursue again uh, no residents but um, and we have a couple limitations one uh, we don't have uh, neurosurgery for trauma and we don't you know do pediatric trauma um, particularly now um, uh, we don't we uh, do, uh, if a person does come in, mm -hmm. we are able to stabilize them and able to, to stabilize them, them and transfer them mm -hmm. to other okay. places. Now, one other uh, difference between level two and level three is that with level two, uh, the trauma surgeon has to stay in the hospital 24 hours a day. And, oh, so, uh, but you get called in, or I we have different in. people on call, right? Mm -hmm. We have okay. every day, you know, and then we have a backup system in case that one person is. Um, uh, busy or tied up can't or make it. can't make it, we have another uh, surgeon that can take that person's um, person's place. Okay, let's talk about the Stop the Bleed campaign. What is that? Oh, the Stop the Bleed campaign is a nationwide initiative to stop massive bleeding. Um, um, bleeding out or um, exsanguination is like the number one preventable cause of death. Mm. If you get a trauma patient who has lost a limb, and they're bleeding out um, let's let's teach the public how to stop bleeding so we have gone out in the community um, we've provided tourniquets which are back in style remember we had tourniquets and they went out well now they're back the military has brought them back and we have followed suit um, Texas is really big especially in this area on pushing the tourniquet initiative we uh, have been educating um, the employees of the city of Webster we've educated the Webster Police Department on how to put tourniquets on themselves in case if they're like shot while on duty mm. um, we have given um, tourniquets to different areas of the city of Webster to go with their defibrillator when defibrillators came out everybody's like oh we're not going to use that well now there's a defibrillator everywhere mm -hmm. correct because yeah. it saves lives well the tourniquet sits right there with the defibrillator because it's going to save a life right so are you seeing that more prevalent with the with the thought of mass shootings is that like is that a Cohen a coincide thing or is it something completely different um I can see yeah, absolutely. It would go hand in hand with mass shootings. It it, it will save lives with mass shootings, uh, with car accidents. You know, with falls. Oh, yeah. I've I've applied one tourniquet on a patient when I was um, in EMS, and all she did she was just holding a mirror and dropped the mirror. And it, and, excuse <gasps> oh me, my lord! Sliced her arm. So we just threw a tourniquet on that. So wow. It's supposed to be a tourniquet's supposed to be a last resort, yeah. but I mean, by the time you get to the patient and they haven't been able to stop bleeding, mm -hmm. let's wind them up let's get that tourniquet on them so we have one at my house that my husband bought that has uh, little diamonds on it and you basically have to stretch it out to where it looks like the first one and he put it on me one day just to sh show me how tight it was <laughs> and I'm like 
oh my lord take this thing off it, it gets so bad. very tight very, very quick uh, we use the combat application tourniquets which are the ones that are similar that they use in the military it's a large piece of velcro and um and it's got a windlass on it and you put the extremity through the velcro loop you make a loop and then you this pull is the one that really really tight the yeah. one that you twist yeah, yeah it's like a little pin yeah and then you take that windlass and you do that windlass until the bleeding absolutely stops mm-hmm. and they are going to scream and holler because yeah. it's not it, painless it's not it hurts uh-huh it does and then you go ahead and you secure that windlass down and there'll be a little tab on it that you write the time on when when you put that tourniquet on and then you don't touch it after that well a little bit of pain but it'll save your life which is better which is better yeah, so. And everybody said, well, what if I lose my arm? It's like, well, uh, well would you rather you die? Life? Right. I've, yeah. I've but had you can keep where, the tourniquets on for up to two hours. Yeah. Wow. I, I had it where a guy was drunk and he fell uh, asleep on a train tracks. I don't know why that happens, but it happens a lot. Really? Wow. Where Interesting. You, people get drunk and they fall. For some reason, they go to train tracks. Uh. And basically, his arm came back mangled and mm. they put their tourniquet on and that basically saved his life. Wow. Unfortunately, we had to amputate his arm. Because so mangled, but you know but he we lived. were able to, mm-hmm. to uh, stop the bleeding and well. uh, save his life. Okay, so Dr. Fairweather, before we uh, run out of time again, let's talk about uh, you. You take care of other things besides trauma. Talk talk to me a little bit about that and where your office is located. Uh, well, my office is located in Webster. Um, it's called uh, Clay Lake City Healthcare Professionals. It's uh, near the corner of uh, Highway 3 and Clay Lake City Boulevard. And I'm a general surgeon as well as trauma surgeon. I also uh, do uh, some body contouring with um, some plastic surgery. And um, I'm a general surgeon by training. I uh, uh, trained at um, uh, Morehouse and Emory in Atlanta, and I've been in practice in the uh, Houston area for the past 14 years. And um, at the hospital, I'm uh, probably the, the more senior surgeon out there. I've done you know s- several thousand surgeries um, in my lifetime, or close to probably 20,000. And wow, um, that's a lot of surgeries. I am. I don't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody, you know, people they always make fun of me because they see me morning, uh, noon, day, night, and middle of the night. But I want to provide a service for the patients. Yeah. So, uh, what's your? Do you have a website and a phone number if someone wants to reach out to you? Yeah, my, uh, my office number is eight three two. Eight three one nine eight seven seven. Clegg City Healthcare Professionals. Okay, awesome. Okay, so everybody that's on watching on Facebook, hi everybody. If you have questions, we're gonna actually talk to Bethany next about stroke. Uh, so you guys stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Bay Area Regional Medical Hour on Vinyl Draft Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm your host, Abby Lee, for Bay Area Regional Medical Hour. We've been talking about trauma, and oh, I've learned some interesting stuff for our trauma uh, segments that we had. But next, we're going to be talking about stroke. And I hear that uh, Bethany's been hijacked on Facebook, so (laughs) this might be interesting. So you can ask as many questions as you want on stroke while you're on Facebook, too, okay? (laughs) So anyway, if you are just tuning in, um, you can also listen to us on the radio. You don't have to watch us live on Facebook, but we love to see your smiling faces and your comments on Facebook also. You can listen live at vinyldraftradio.com. You 
you can say Alexa or Google play Vinyl Draft Radio, or you can listen in on the TuneIn app. You can download that. I think that's a free app that you can download. So let's talk about stroke. So the American Heart Association says that every 40 minutes, four zero minutes, someone suffers from a stroke. I wonder how many strokes happened since we've been on the air. That quick math. I'm not that fast at math. So 80% of strokes are preventable also. So we'll talk a little, a little bit about how we prevent strokes also. Um, so Bethany, what is a stroke and how does it affect the brain? Sure. There are several types of stroke. A stroke by definition is damage to the brain due to interruption of blood supply. So that means you have blood stops going to the brain and then from that your oxygen is delivered through your blood so oxygen stops going to the brain and then blood cells or brain cells rather start to die okay so is the brain the same as the heart when it starts to die when it, what she's looking at me funny when it starts to die or it parts of your brain or your heart die you can't rate like so say you break yes. a bone right right your bone can go back together correct. but your heart can't do that and your brain can't also correct Technically, no, but you know, that's kind of a mystery. We have patients that have incredibly severe strokes and incredibly severe heart attacks, and then they're up walking around and have incredible recovery that we don't really expect. So theoretically, according to science, tissue, once it's dead, doesn't really regenerate, but it can repair and it can recover. So oh. yes and no. So, <laughs> is, so is it like a rehab thing or is it just it is. a rehab mystery? Helps. Um, it's kind of, to me, it's a mystery. I'm sure that someone who has spent a lot of time and dedication to research could tell you the answer, but um, it's, it's interesting. You'll have patients that'll have what's considered to be a not severe stroke that have devastating effects. And then you'll have patients that have incredibly severe strokes that appear to be debilitating and then you meet them three months later and, and they're, they're completely fine walking around yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of it's very very interesting okay so there's different types of strokes there are so there is a, what's called a tia it's a transient ischemic attack it's um a lot of people call it a warning stroke or a pre-stroke um those should be taken very seriously they are just that they're warning strokes if you have a tia it's really not if it's when you're going to have a more serious stroke that mm. could cause debilitating effects. Um, and then you have um, what's called a hemorrhagic stroke. They're not very common. Well, they're common. They're the least common of the three types of stroke, but they are the most deadly. They have the highest mortality rate. So people that have hemorrhagic stroke um, don't fare as others as well as others that have a TIA or an ischemic stroke. And then the third one, ischemic stroke, um, means a a blockage in the blood vessel. <laughs> Turn your volume down. Sorry. <laughs> we got we got really distracted there. Okay, so <laughs> so TIA transient ischemic okay. attack, attack warning stroke. TIA is like a mini a mini stroke okay. warning stroke whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then hemorrhagic stroke. There's um, intracerebral hemorrhage and subarachnoid hemorrhage. There's two types of hemorrhagic. They're very high level, but they're the, they essentially are both hemorrhagic strokes, and they both can cause the same type of, um, they manifest their symptoms similar. And then ischemic stroke is the most common um, as far as between hemorrhagic and ischemic, and it is a, a blockage. So in your, when you have a heart attack, <laughs> bless you, <Excuse> me. <laughs> a lot of people know when you have a heart attack, you have a blood clot that stops flow of blood mm -hmm. in your heart. It's the same thing in your brain. So when mm. you have a stroke, you have a blood clot, an ischemic stroke, a blood clot is cutting off blood supply to your brain. Okay, so what happens to the blood supply in your brain during a hemorrhagic stroke? A hemorrhagic stroke is you're hemorrhaging blood in your brain. So it can either be due to an injury, which um, isn't really considered... It's, 
more of a, an injury, not really a hemorrhagic stroke, but it kind of manifests the same, your blood is coming out. So you're still, if blood is escaping your blood vessels, it's not going through your vessels and supplying oxygen to the rest of your brain. So is this something that can happen if someone falls and hits right. their head? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like say the most common one is, is uh, called epidermal uh, hematoma is um, not to get too technical, but there's a uh, there's four um, bones that interconnect right behind your temple, and underneath that bone on your skull, it's called the middle meningeal artery. Ooh, it's getting technical now. <laughs> and okay. basically, when that when that artery is is lacerated, uh, then you'll have arterial blood flow pumping, and it Into basically your... it it, yeah, and it compresses that brain. And, and, and that area, and basically, you know, somebody will have almost, you know, near immediate symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, Super headache. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, headache, and they'll, you know, the eyes or pupils, right. the one will dilate, and they'll Stroke may like go symptoms, up, you know, right. unconscious. And then there's another type that um, where basically it's a, a, a the veins instead of not arterial pumping with pressure, but the veins will. Um, uh, cause a deformity of the brain where it compresses the brain as well and uh, and that also and can cause problems. Say somebody's on blood thinners um, it could be a significant amount of blood in the brain compressing that side of the brain pushing the brain to the other side and basically um, causing sometimes a lethal uh, outcome. Wow. Okay so when you have us I mean what your brain controls everything on your body right? right. So what what kind of, how does it affect your body? I mean, does it, are there strikes in mainly certain areas that affect certain things, certain parts of your body? There are, so not to get too technical, there's so many different types, but <laughs> the main thing is it can affect any part of you. So there are strokes that people, um, patients will result in paralysis. So they can't move a side of their body or certain parts of their body. They have um, what's called nystagmus, so their eyes. They have trouble with their eyes, with um, seeing certain vision fields are lost. People have trouble with speech after certain types of stroke. It depends on where the stroke is located in your brain, mm -hmm. but all these things can happen. You can have one really bad stroke and have a combination of effects, or you can have just singular symptoms. I've seen patients that just have what's called word salad. They're trying to say, can you take the dog outside? And they say, table red, um, purple, dog cat. And well, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, They're, completely doesn't make sense. They can't help that, right? So uh, what are the warning signs or what are the signs of a stroke? So warning signs, we teach an acronym called FAST. So um, updated acronym is BFAST. So BFAST, uh, the B st um, stands for balance and eyes. And those are symptoms of, or um, um signs of a posterior stroke. So balance, if you notice a patient that has... In the back of the head, in posterior. The back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got that one. So that's the most missed. So the American Heart Association added the B to the FAST acronym. So, so balance. So if they're, they look like balance. they're drunk, but they're not. Correct. Okay. So you know, if, this one's tricky, right? Because you don't know who's drunk. <laughs> At least you're like, oh, she probably isn't. But anyways, you have to, there's several things you can do. So if you suspect someone's having a stroke, ask them to stand up if they can. So can you stand for me? Stand still, kind of like uh, what would be a roadside test for um, intoxication, the same yeah. thing. Can you stand, can you lift one foot up without falling over? Age is a factor, right? If you have a 90-year-old patient that can't do that before you thought they were having this, don't ask them to stand right. up. Then you'll be sending them to my friend Stacy for a trauma. <laughs> so <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but um, ask them to stand up. Eyes, are their eyes looking at, are they able to look at you straight on without seeing is an that eye? E? That's E for eyes, e, yep. Okay, B, Without e. seeing an eye kind of shift, you'll see this um, it's like a back quiver? and forth movement, kind of, yes. Um, and then fast, 
BE, balance eyes, face is for F. Um, is their face, do they have asymmetrical movement on their face? So can they smile and then one side droops down or um, they just have some kind of effect that their face is not even? Mm -hmm. um, face A. A. <laughs> <laughs> arms have them raise their arms this is another balance test but if they tell them to raise their arms up in front of them parallel um, to the floor and if one arm falls down that could be a possible stroke and then s for speech after ask them to speak a simple sentence say mm -hmm. um can you repeat after me um the car turned right on the street something very simple with short words that you can measure how they're speaking in comparison to how they were speaking to you 30 minutes ago mm -hmm. an hour ago when you last noticed and then time. Time is very important. Time is of the essence. There's lots of things we can do for strokes to minimize the long-term effects that it can have on a patient, but you have to get to the hospital fast. Okay, so this isn't one of those things where, oh, I think this might be happening, but I'm going to do the dishes and then call 911. Don't wait it out. <laughs> please, please, please what, do not. One thing that, no, in addition, um, and I think this is just in general, yeah. that everybody needs to do, have a list of your medications and your medical yes. problems on, mm -hmm. on you or, or somewhere close because sometimes we'll get patients in and they might have a fall and they might have a stroke or any other type of injury and we don't know the list of medications and mm -hmm. all of a sudden an hour or two hours later we'll, a family member will come in and say oh they're on blood thinners right and that's a big deal mm -hmm. you, know, you know so and then it sort of it changes the perspective of what type of trauma it is it could be from a trauma that's not a uh, level trauma to a trauma um, alert mm -hmm. uh, which is a bigger deal so, awesome but just in general you know somebody gets in a car accident or anything like that um, just have a list of your medical problems and um, list of medications on you written down in a simple you know, little, little pad okay so we have just a few seconds left this goes by so fast I, I know, know. Wow. so talk to us about what does it mean that we're uh, getting our which we just got our we haven't gotten it yet why do I keep suit. saying that it's okay so yeah so what does it mean if we have our stroke accreditation sure so um, it primary stroke accreditation stroke certification that means the Joint Commission came out saw us looked at all our processes and decided that we are able and competent to care for these patients that are basic stroke patients. That awesome. means we can accept them, give them the best level of care, and if um, be able to, to do all aspects of care from pre-treatment, post-treatment, rehab, all of those things. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to have to stop this now. I'm so sorry. But if, you are in, if you're watching on Facebook or listening on the radio, you can go to barmc.us slash stroke and learn more information about our accreditation and stroke mm -hmm. signs and symptoms. We have a lot of education on our website that you can go to and if you are a mom or you're pregnant or thinking about becoming pregnant we'd love to see you on thursday at six and till next week we will talk to you later have a great rest of your day thanks for listening to bay area regional medical hour if you have questions send us an email to info at barmc.us or follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash Bay Area Regional Medical Center. To learn more, visit our hospital website at barmc.us. We'll see you next Tuesday at 4 with another Bay Area Regional Medical Hour.